0: Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Dr. Candace Setti, and she, we'll be talking about her book, The Self-Sabotage Behavior Workbook, a step-by-step program to conquer negative thoughts, boost confidence, and learn to believe in yourself. The self-sabotage, it sounds like a silly thing to do, but we all do it. Every last one of us self-sabotages no matter how intelligent we may be. Written by an experienced clinical psychologist and behavior change specialist, the Self-Sabotage Behavior Workbook um, will help you learn to process and overcome your own self sabotaging behavior so you can get out of your own way and live a confident, empowered life. As a therapist, author, speaker, coach, and former yo-yo dieter, Dr. Candice is committed to helping others achieve health and wellness while gaining self-confidence, so stopping self-sabotage, and achieving their goals. Dr. Seti maintains a private practice in San Diego, California, where she works one on one with individuals, helping them understand their maladaptive behaviors and thought patterns. For more information, you can visit her website, which is meonlybetter.com. Okay, so welcome to the show, Dr. Seti. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: I, I, I am too. Um, I enjoyed your workbook. Um, I shouldn't put it in the past tense. I enjoy your workbook. And, uh, <laughs> oh, that's
1: great! I'm time. glad to
0: hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, it, it's uh, it's a subject that everybody deals with, whether they want to admit it or not.
1: everybody
0: deals or, or... with. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, so you, you said it. Yeah. Let's yeah. Let's start with. Um, the idea of self-sabotage well you know from from your work and and uh, research how would you describe self-sabotage in a self-sabotaging behavior actually correct
1: yeah yeah well self-sabotage you know basically takes the form of behavior absolutely Um, and when we talk about self-sabotage I really talk about simply the idea of standing in your own way you know somebody who engages in behavior that actively prevents them from achieving their goals or prevents them from being able to do what they want to do and it's one of those things that when i describe it that way it sounds so silly right like why would anybody engage in behavior that that's counter to what they want and yet as you just said everybody does it right it's just this thing that everyone engages in in some way or another, for some reason or another, and everybody has their own reasons. But, you know, simply put, it's just behavior that stops you from achieving what you want to achieve, right? You're essentially sabotaging yourself.
0: Yeah, so the fact that it's, you um, know, everyone does it, is is it the frequency or the impact of it what is it that you know moves it from something you know that we shouldn't be concerned with with something that maybe deserves more attention
1: for sure um well you know it's not it's not the fact that we do it like you said it's it's the hows and really the how often so both um kind of the the intensity the impact and the frequency that really tie in you know people may do it very, you know, sporadically on a not so serious level. And other people may do it day in, day out on a much more serious level where they are are not achieving the career success they want to achieve because of their self-sabotage. They are holding themselves back from having healthy relationships or even relationships at all because of their self-sabotage. They are constantly stuck in a battle with their weight because of their self-sabotage. They are always struggling with money because of their self-sabotage. So in those situations, clearly it's, it's much more impactful than somebody who may be you know engages in in a mild behavior you know once or twice a year yeah um so really what we're looking at is is the way in which they do it and and what the outcome is of that behavior how it really impairs them in their life and and impairs their their overall functioning and their success
0: yeah yeah uh, so now what as I was reading, going through and reading the book the workbook um well first of all i guess Let's address the workbook. You know, you have this in a workbook form. Can you tell us Mm -hmm. why you chose that?
1: Well, really because my goal with the book is to help people understand their own self-sabotage in a way that they can really begin to combat it. And because that's such a process, right, you need to understand what self-sabotage actually looks like, right, what behaviors actually are categorized as self-sabotage, where this plays in, how frequently you're doing it, how intensely you're doing it, what, what goals you're trying to achieve in which your self-sabotage behavior is is standing in your way. And because that's such a process, I find, I find the workbook format really helps people go through that process in a way that they can understand, in a way that they can assimilate, and a way that they can, they can more easily work through. So that was the purpose for that. It kind of walks them through those different phases, starting by helping them understand what what behaviors actually are self-sabotage, <laughs> then kind right. of identifying their own behaviors and then kind of going through the process of learning how to, to fight that and really counteract that.
0: Yeah, because, you know, I was surprised, you know, because it seems that um, – some of the behaviors are just um, so uh, – they're kind of such in the back. I never, I never even – my awareness of my a certain behavior as being mm-hmm. self appetizing behavior, just, it, it just didn't click that that was exactly yep. what that was.
1: Exactly. And that's exactly yeah. why I, I presented it in the format that I did so people would really be in, begin to understand how – their behaviors really are preventing them from achieving what they want or meeting their own
0: needs. Yeah. Um, So now when it comes to self-sabotaging behavior, um, is there, are there um, like gender, I mean, the differences between genders who, you know, maybe employ it more often or, or age considerations, what, you know, just, I know statistically kind of speaking, um, what, what are some of, uh, um, highlights of who would well, tend to use that behavior?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, like I said, everybody does it, so there's, there's right. no disparity there between anything. Um, but you do see some more frequency and, and um, more specific types in certain, certain people. So for example, um, Women tend to be a lot more likely to be what are called overthinkers in comparison to men. Um, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but, you know, it's yeah. something like a 60-40 split, something like that between women and men and overthinking. Um, and women are more likely to be self-criticizing, self-attacking, um, talking down to themselves, um, and, you know, that behavior of, of talking to yourself Poorly can be a, a, a very direct form of self-sabotage in that it, it prevents you from taking action in a positive way, from feeling good about yourself. It holds, you know, keeps your self-esteem in a really negative place where you don't feel driven to take action, where you don't feel like you're capable. And so we do see that kind of overthinking and, and self-criticism much more commonly in women than in men. We also see um, a lot of procrastination in college level and graduate le- graduate school students. Um, probably where we see procrastination behaviors most frequently, um, in response to deadlines, in response to things like writing, you know, a thesis or a dissertation, or studying for exams. And um, there's some there's some research that has found that procrastination is actually um, one of the biggest reasons why people don't ever end up completing their dissertations. So clearly you no. can see how that can be a self-sabotaging behavior, right? Somebody who's gone through years and years of schooling and kept themselves right. kind of stuck at that last step, right? Due to procrastination behavior, which is another form of self-sabotage. So those are some examples of where you might see some of this behavior more frequently. But like I said, it, it, it doesn't it It doesn't pick and choose it it impacts everybody
0: yeah yeah that that's you know that was the one thing that i um that that you pick up from the book is and, and recognizing that it's uh, everyone does it you know mm-hmm. to a you know lesser or greater degree um it, it kind of takes away the because I, I think or do you feel that there is a um Do we pass do self-judgment when it comes to recognizing, you know, uh, self-sabotage? I mean, what would you say to someone who is like, oh, my God, like, for example, I I found a behavior, like I said, that didn't really appear to me to be Uh self-sabotaging. But when you look at it, it is. So yeah. um, then, immediately, like, what? What the heck? <laughs> what were you doing? Why you do that? And also that judgment mm-hmm. that kind of pops in. So, what? What? How would one clamp down on that voice?
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. You know, you make a good point because, I, you know, when I talk with clients about self sabotage, you know, every single one of them will will acknowledge the fact that they do it, but they get stuck on how they do it. So everyone will be like, oh, yeah, I totally self-sabotage, almost like it's a joke or it's no big deal. But then when you try and get them to dig into how do you do it, how does this come into play, they get stuck. And they can't actually identify it because, you know, people think of it as this sort of benign, generalized thing and don't really want to look at how their behaviors may be problematic for themselves. So as soon as you start to look at something you're doing that may be problematic – a common reaction is to either either deny it or or attack it right attack yourself for that behavior or pretend like that behavior doesn't exist and one of the you know i identify nine different um self sabotage styles in the book and one of them that i identify that's very common is the self critic and as i just mentioned that we do see that with a little bit more frequency in women than in men but people who are prone to this style will absolutely attack themselves when they identify themselves as self-sabotaging. So it's a little bit of a behavior loop where they're, they're self-critical and then they're self-critical about being self-critical, right? So it <laughs> keeps getting stuck in this behavior loop over and over and over again where, you know, you need to break the loop in order to get out of that, that cycle,
0: yeah, yeah, well, that, you know, that makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> so now um, when it comes to um, the behavior, um, one of the things that um, I also took from the book was the, you know, the fact that um, what counts is the response to Self-sabotaging behavior. So we get to the point now. Where we recognize the behavior. Um, in response, what um, you know, what would, what are some maybe typical ways that people mm-hmm. would maybe you know do to continue the loop or or mm-hmm. to break free of it?
1: Right. Well, clearly the first step is understanding how you do it um gaining real insight into your actual behavior so i almost always have people start by by paying attention to that and and ideally tracking it you know really taking note of when they have um self sabotaging behaviors and or just self sabotaging thoughts which is actually an even easier place to start um it's usually the negative thoughts that pop up in our head that say things like don't do that or you'll never succeed or put it off, or you know, you're know, you not going to have fun, or you're not capable, or, or these thoughts that tear us and hold us down. And you know, with self-sabotaging behavior, we are essentially just taking action on these thoughts, right? So mm-hmm. if you can start to track these thoughts, then you can start to understand how those thoughts set you up to, to criticize yourself, or to think negatively about your capabilities, or think ne- negatively about the future. Um, and when you can see where that repetition comes into play, then you can truly understand your own personal brand of self-sabotage and then kind of craft a, a plan of attack um, based on that because it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all approach. Um, so I almost always have people start by simply gaining awareness, paying attention, tracking it, tracking the behavior, tracking the thoughts that lead up to the behavior so that they can put – an action plan in place. And, you know, because so much of this, this behavior starts with thoughts, right? Thoughts, like I mentioned, like, you know, you're, you're never, you're not going to have fun at that party, so don't bother going, or you're not capable of it. You're never going to get the raise. (laughs) Yeah. There's no Uh rush. You work better under pressure anyway, right? All of those thoughts, Uh if you can start to catch them, and then assume that those thoughts are self-sabotage and therefore not rooted in logic, then you can start responding to those thoughts with logic. For example, if your thought is, don't go to the party, you're never gonna. You're not going to have fun, you can respond by saying, how would I know? I don't know what this party is going to be like. I don't know what's going to happen there. I am capable of setting myself up for a situation where I can have fun, and I won't know unless I try or you have a thought that says don't do it there's no point you can say well well this is the point the point is that i would get to do x or i would get to see y or i would get to be engaged in z or you know a thought that says you work better under pressure you can say well i don't know that to be true i i always work under pressure so i don't know how i would work without it and maybe if i don't wait and put it off i can get more done and i can make it even better than it would be otherwise so challenging these illogical self-sabotaging thoughts with logical thoughts that are that are rooted in reality is a good way to start combating it.
0: Uh, okay, so now and, but I I saw, I read somewhere in the book that that sometimes um self-sabotaging behavior one might masquerade as mm-hmm. logic
1: um mm-hmm.
0: so um what what would be an example of someone you know of some self-sabotaging behavior where, where you know it would masquerade as, as Well
1: so the, the 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 procrastinator as i just mentioned is one of these right because okay. you know the procrastinator um you know is somebody who's constantly putting things off um waiting to the last right. possible minute right all of that stuff and Really starts to believe things like I work better under pressure or I, I need to to work with a time crunch and it sets you up to believe that you can only achieve things with a time crunch, or You can only achieve things <clears throat> under pressure um, and so it, beca- it, it reinforces the behavior, right? And so because you believe this, you always work under pressure and because you always work under pressure, you believe that you can only work under pressure. So that's kind of a way that this can masquerade as logic, and so really, what you'd need to do is challenge this assumption, right? Challenge this thought by saying, "How do I know that?" And what would happen if I did things differently? And let me see. Let me let me build some some data here to see if this is true or not. Let me challenge this thought and see what other possibilities might exist for me. And that's something that yeah. you see all the time in, in all of the self-sabotage styles that sort of create these self-fulfilling prophecies, right? The, the assumer is another one, right? And the assumer basically tries to predict the future, right? Again, saying, I'm not going to have fun at that party, or I'm never going to succeed. I'm never going to get this promotion. So why bother? And, you know, because they engage in that behavior, they don't go to the party. They don't apply for the promotion, and so it creates this self-fulfilling prophecy where they can say, I wouldn't have gotten it anyway because they have no data to refute it. And right. so really the idea of challenging it is about collecting data to hopefully mm-hmm. kind of refute that thought. What happens if I try and get that job? Can I get it? What happens if I go to the party? Is there a possibility I can have fun? And so engaging in behaviors that are, are counter to what we might naturally think, what our sabotage is telling us, to be able to build some data to hopefully refute that thought.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And and you know, I was thinking of uh, the the um, you, you mentioned earlier about the, the college student and the, the timeline, and you know, mm-hmm. and so many of them would say that they you know work better under pressure, and, and that mm-hmm. that's the key word. There would be better, and then you know the idea then would be then to do something that early and, and see if in fact uh, the grade you know um yeah. is better or not,
1: yeah, well, and that's the thing when you talk about that keyword being
0: better. I always challenge that
1: thought with how do you know that? what happens yeah. when you don't work under pressure? What happens when you create you know a structured work timeline for yourself where you work you know from from ten to eleven a m and to 3 p.m. every day on this for three weeks and get it all done ahead of time. What does that look like? And, and how is your work product as a result of that? Because most people don't have anything to compare it to. They only have the pressured work situation. So building yeah. that data is key to changing some of these thought patterns.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, Well, Dr. Setti, I want to take just a quick break and I do want to invite listeners if you want to call in and ask any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359 or those listening live in the chat room. If you have any questions, feel free um, to type them in there. Um, And then when we come back from break, Dr. Seti, I want to kind of look at the the workbook closer. You know, you break it down into a how, how, why and what and we'll talk about a little bit of each. Okay. Sounds great. Okay, great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide. Books, photography, a wellness store, and self publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Radio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage, we are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc., and we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Dr. Candace Setti, and we are talking about her new workbook, the self sabotage behavior workbook, a step-by-step program to conquer negative thoughts, boost confidence and learn to believe in yourself. Um, And, again, you can find out more information by visiting her website, which is meonlybetter.com. Okay, Dr. Candice, we're back. All right. (laughs) Okay, great. So um, I want to give uh, listeners a little bit of um, a preview of kind of what is in your – workbook and um so your your workbook is broken down basically into several different parts. You go into how, why and, and what when it comes to self sabotage. So maybe mm-hmm. um if we can I think pick i I kind of highlighted a couple that I think would pique the interest of, of the listeners. Um from each right. one and then we'll just kind of Okay. Right. So so under how, one of them, as you've mentioned already, kind of creating self-fulfilling prophecies. We kind of already mm-hmm. went into that one. But one of the things we hadn't talked about yet was removing positives from our lives. Yeah. Um, tell us about that, and, you know, because I think, you know, with everybody who's been so, um, you know, buckled down, you know, this past year, I think a lot of that has happened. Can you tell us about the, the importance of that? Or
1: Yes, absolutely. Why you, know, why you put it in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The idea of removing positives from our lives is is some of these, you know, self-sabotaging styles that um positive things out of our lives essentially. There are there are three um self-sabotage styles that fall into this category. It's um let me think. It's the avoider, the control freak, and the self-protector. And um, of those, I think people can probably relate to the avoider most frequently. The the avoider is somebody that simply avoids situations where they feel uncomfortable, situations where um, they may not know people, situations where they may not have spent a lot of time, situations that cause anxiety, right? These can be social in, you know, situations, very commonly work situations. So this is somebody who turns down invitations all the time, avoids exposure to new environments, um, doesn't speak up a lot and as such right it it clearly removes it, removes positive opportunities from our lives right you miss out on social activities you miss out on travel you miss out on work opportunities you miss out on all of these potentially fun and positive experiences because your anxiety is holding you back and so all of those positives essentially get removed from that person's life um, and that happens, you know, quite commonly with the the control freak as well. The control freak is, you know, the person who never likes to be caught off guard or wants to be prepared mm-hmm. all the time for any particular situation. And so because of that, they don't just let things happen, right? They don't kind of go with the flow. They don't, um, you know, allow for positives that they haven't planned themselves or that they're unprepared for. And so clearly that limits the the opportunity for positives in your life as well. Um, And then again, the self-protector. The self-protector is somebody who, you know, is is constantly on guard as if there's going to be an attack coming, right? I always say that's the person who's covered in metaphorical armor. And as such, they tend to be very distant with relationships. Um, they tend to keep everybody at arm's length. And so they miss out on all of the positive benefits that come from deep relationships. So clearly you can see how that can be somebody who, who can um, remove positives from their life. So they all do it in different ways. There's some overlap in context. But really what all three of those do is keep potential positives out of their
0: life. Hmm. Well, yeah, you know, in, in in a time when we're looking for positives, it's um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting, you know, the idea that we would uh, kind of prevent ourselves ourselves from having, but it, it's, it's providing opportunity for those to happen.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, the last the last year or so has has definitely fueled, you know, as you're alluding to, fueled a lot of self sabotaging behaviors, right. Um, People have fallen um, considerably into things like overindulging, whether it be with food, alcohol, drugs. People have definitely gone more into avoidance, more into procrastination. Um, you know, you see a, a much bigger increase in social avoidance and much bigger increase in emotional eating. So, you know, the the, the last year has definitely fueled a lot of people's self-sabotaging behaviors for sure. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, in the section why, um, when it comes to self-sabotaging behavior, um, one of the areas you talk about, you you delve into biology and, and reinforcement. Um, mm-hmm. Can you you know t- talk a little bit about it because uh, you know I, it's more than a mental thing.
1: It is definitely more than a mental thing for sure. Um, you know, there are there are a lot of different reasons we do this um, that stem from just, you know, thinking errors to, you know, fears that come up and um, anxiety and just comfort. Um, but there are also some aspects of biology that definitely play in. Um, and what I talk about in the book is really the idea of approach avoidance, com- the conflict between approach and avoidance, which basically talks about how all goals can have a a positive and a negative consequence attached to them. And so my example for this one is always like a work promotion. Um, clearly mm-hmm. you can see how a work promotion would be positive. You know, maybe, you know, you get more notoriety, maybe you make more money, um, you know, maybe it's something you've always wanted to achieve, so you feel good about it. So there's all these positives, but there may also be negatives, right? Maybe there's more pressure that comes with that job. Maybe you have to work longer hours. Maybe it pulls you away from your, your family more. Maybe it, it just feels harder and feels more overwhelming. So there's some negative to it also. So we have this, this conflict between whether we want to move towards it or whether we want to move away mm-hmm. from it. Um, and, and that ties into our biology with, with dopamine, which is our feel-good hormone. And the idea that, you know, we get a dopamine release by approaching something good, but also by avoiding something that's not good. So we can get dopamine by approaching it or avoiding it. And self-sabotage is something that helps us avoid it. And it can be reinforced through dopamine, through our biological pathways. So that's a little bit of how, um, in a very simplified way, how, how biology can really play into that
0: yeah yeah it's you know it um it just opens up your mind to recognizing just the uh, um intricacy of, mm-hmm. of of excuse me of of um you know the everything from just thought you know to mm-hmm. to behavior um yeah now, yeah and they're all so
1: mixed together
0: you, yeah and <laughs> yeah. now you mentioned you know the reasons kind of vary, you know, for, for mm-hmm. it. is there a route, um, you know, f- um, for sabotage, self-sabotage, or, or, or is it, you know, would there be like a, for an individual, their self-sabotaging behavior may um, be expressed in many different ways? So, I mean, is it well, like just one I, I, cause? I think
1: yes and no. I, I, I generally, when okay. I talk about the root, I generally draw people into either fear of success or fear of failure. Um, okay. mm-hmm. These things tend to kind of be at the core for most people. Even if it's biology-based, even if it's tied into anxiety, um, these fears generally live kind of at the bottom and, and cause all of this to bubble up. And some people get stuck in this fear of success trap. Some people get stuck in this fear of failure trap. And, again, these are concepts that when you you look at them, you know, at at face value, they seem very silly, right? Fear of success (laughs) Uh seems like a silly thing. Success is something we want, right? Why would we be afraid Mm -hmm. of it? Why would we stop ourselves from achieving it? And the reality is there are all these other things baked into it, right? I already talked about with approach avoidance theory how there can be negatives that come with any positive, right? And so that could be baked into this fear of success. I'm scared of all the negative that comes with it. But something else that's often tied into fear of success that people don't realize is what I call this now what effect, which is the idea of, you know, you're working for something for so long. Maybe I'm I'm working to achieve again this promotion at work. And when you finally get it, it <laughs> becomes like, mm-hmm. a, okay, now what? Right? I've been focused on this for so long. I almost don't know what to do or what, what my brain should be looking at. And the other piece of that is I've tied so much into this goal. And I've sat here saying, this is all I need to be happy. And now what if I achieve it and I'm not happy? Then what? Then I actually have to face all of these other issues that have been going on in my life and I don't want to. So, you know, because of that, maybe I don't want to succeed. And so fear of success is a big root driver for people. And fear of failure is another one. And again, people think this one is silly because, you know, if I'm scared of failing, And I self-sabotage, aren't I just setting myself up to fail? I'm making the thing I'm scared of happen. Mm -hmm. True, but the big difference is how it's happening. When you self-sabotage and fail, you can say it's because of a specific behavior, not because of you. So if you fail a test, you can say, well, I didn't even study, so that's why I failed. As opposed to having studied really hard and then failed, And then you you don't have a behavior to blame. You just have yourself. And so people would rather have an external behavior that they can blame so that they don't have to look at themselves as a failure because that's really what they're scared of is seeing themselves as a failure. So they set themselves up to have a reason to fail that's not about who they are as a person. So that's one of the ways that fear of failure really becomes a root cause of self-sabotage.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, excuse <clears throat> me. That's definitely something to think about. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's uh, like you say, We you know, the idea of fear of success doesn't seem logical. But when you mm-hmm. lay it out like that, it's, 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 I think it's under, well, I can understand why, you know, um, why people, you know why that um belief sometimes kicks in you know the 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 idea mm-hmm. of um, uh, the implications of of success
1: mhm yeah for sure yeah
0: well uh, now w- one of the other um areas in your um book that i want to kind of talk about just a couple real quick um is it's under the the what um section mm-hmm. um when it comes mm-hmm. to self deizing behavior and um, one of those um, in, in that is to externalize the voice. You, you kind of just mentioned something um, external. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. the voice, or is this that critical voice that we have?
1: Yes, yes. I call it your self-sabotage voice or savvy for short. Um, <laughs> okay. But the idea is we all have this, this voice in our head that kind of talks to us and says, You know, these these negative things, don't do this, don't try, you'll never succeed, you're not capable, so why bother, nobody's going to like you, Um, you know, it's not going to last, you know, again, you work better under pressure, whatever it is, it's kind of this voice in our head that's talking to us, and the more we can separate ourselves as a person from that voice, the more we can fight it when we start to think about it as something more external. So... I, I encourage people in the book to, to start thinking of it that way, to even name it, to make it something other than themselves so that they're not fighting themselves, so that they're fighting this other person, this sabotage voice, and that they can start building, you know, their their concept of strength. Right. I talk about this a lot as a as a fight and I use a lot of boxing metaphors in the book to explain this, right? When when you're fighting somebody else, um you know, as a boxer, you know, it's so effective to understand how your opponent fights. And so if you think of your savvy or your sabotage voice as your opponent and then start to really understand how that opponent fights, oh, they, they always take advantage of me when I'm tired or they always tell me this in situations where I'm feeling insecure anyways or, you know, this is how they speak up or the type of thing they, they say, then you can start to fight them better because you understand how they fight. You understand their moves, and so you can respond accordingly. And so again, one of the most important steps in this process is to understand how your self-sabotage works. Understand the methodology it uses, the language it uses, the way in which it takes advantage of you. And so that's why I find there's so much value in externalizing this voice and thinking about it as somebody other than you so that it becomes something that you can actually fight competently.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm gonna name mine Gabby Savvy. <laughs> on and on and I like it. At certain points. Oh goodness. Well, you know, and um the 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 last topic I wanted to cover, um, is in, in the book you talk about self care. Um and mm-hmm. you know, um you know, I, I know that I know personally that's just a very important topic and I really mm-hmm. wanna make sure people get the point. Um, So can you share a little bit about um, how self-care fits into the self-sabotaging Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, Mm -hmm. I mean, I talk about self-care all the time. I think it is, is such a valuable concept, right? And most of us put ourselves last on our priority list, right? We take care of everybody and everything else first, and then we sort of have nothing left for ourselves. And, you know, when you take care of yourself in whatever way that means, because it's different for different people, right? It can mean just taking time out for yourself. It can mean saying no more. It can be, you know, finding ways to pamper yourself. It can be, you know, making social time a priority because that feeds your soul, right? Whatever it is, you know, making sure that you're, you're building self-care time into your life is how you, you fill your, your metaphorical cup right? And because what I'm talking about with fighting self-sabotage is a fight, you know, it requires effort. And I think I use this example in the book, right? You know, going back to this boxing metaphor, if you had a boxer who had a big fight in a week and for that week, you know, he's not sleeping well, he's not taking care of his body or eating well, he's he's overloaded with obligations and things that he doesn't want to do and he's putting all this effort into helping everybody else and not really taking care of himself and then you have another boxer who in that week they're sleeping really well they're eating really well they're 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 meeting their own needs they're filling their days with me time they're doing things that really feed their soul and take care of themselves who do you think is going to be in better shape for that fight you know clearly that person who's made self-care a priority is gonna be in great fighting shape right Um, and that's what I want for everybody following this program is to be in great fighting shape by really taking care of themselves. It sets you up to be strong, to be clear headed, to be focused and to be committed. And those are are things that you need to do to accomplish anything, anything that you set your mind to. So when we're talking about self-sabotage, you know, really the stronger you can make yourself, the the better set up for success you're going to be.
0: Yeah, um, it, it was, um, self-care was kind of really brought home to me when I was, I was doing a, um, a book. I did a book on, um, caregiving, you know, but from, mm-hmm. it's called the heart and soul of caring. And, and it was just, mm-hmm. um, some people, people I knew sharing their stories and, um, there, there was um, one story in particular. Um, uh, a lady named Milana and, and her husband Orden, and they lived in Costa Rica. And, and um, Milana was a, um, a natural, you know, homeopathy. She did homeopathy, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. she had to take care of um, or Her big fear was, you know, not being around for him. So she, you know, did that. Took that. Did that self care. um, but in the long run, in the end, I mean, before I even published, from the time she wrote the story to the time I published, she passed on, and and um, Odin was around, you know. So I mean, it was, and uh, mm-hmm. so I mean, to me, you know, it was for, for her. It was certainly the you know qual I mean, the time that she took that self care time that she took was really important for her quality of life. For as long as it was going to be. So um, sure, anyway, so sure. I just, you know, like, like you say, whenever you're talking you know, self talk about self care. It's always uh, good to bring that up. Um, yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, and I it doesn't matter what first. you're trying to achieve.
0: Yeah, yeah. Self care
1: yeah. needs to be a priority for anybody, everybody.
0: Absolutely. So, um, is there? You, you kind of mentioned what you hope that people are going to uh, take away from. Uh, Working with the self-sabotage behavior workbook. Um, is there? Um, can, and I know that you do have a private practice there in San Diego. Um, can mm-hmm. you? Would you want to share uh, what, what else you have to offer for, for listeners?
1: Sure. Um, I uh, I do have. I'm I'm you know a private practice psychologist. I do work one-on-one with individuals on you know uh, challenging certainly their self-sabotaging behaviors in whatever realm that may be. Um, as well as working with individuals who struggle with eating disorders, insomnia, and um, weight management issues, um, and I also have a bunch of um, online programs for people who kind of want to want to work at their own pace or in their own way, individually, um, covering you know things like self sabotage and weight management, um, insomnia, all of those things I mentioned above, and um, you can find all of those on my website at meonlybetter.com.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Setti. I really appreciate your time today and sharing it with us. And that I'm sure that people, listeners, will have identified something that we talked about in their in their everyday life. So uh, I hope so. Thank you time. so
1: much for having me. I really it being here.
0: You're very welcome. It's been my pleasure. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Dr. Candace Setti. We've been talking about her new workbook the Self-Sabotage Behavior Workbook, a step-by-step program to conquer negative thoughts, boost confidence, and learn to believe in yourself. And again, you can find out more uh, by visiting her website. Like she said, it is meonlybetter.com. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at ByteRadio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Byte Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.